Hello, everyone. Happy New Year. Uh, we are recording this on uh, January 6th, 2021. We're into the new year now, and uh, and I, we're kicking this off with a good buddy, my old friend of mine, actually, that I've known for several, a d- couple decades, actually, now, yeah. right? Yeah, crazy. A&M days. Back in the day, yeah. yeah. Back in a- when uh, A&M was pre-SEC. Yes. Different school. Not place, not many places to go. But anyway, man, first off, thank you, Aaron, for tuning in, listening. And uh, and before uh, we get kicked off, i got to say that Round the Rotary podcast is brought to you by Capital Petroleum Consultants, CPC specialized in project engineering, well site supervision, and all disciplines of the oil and gas industry. Contact us through www.capitalpetroleumconsultants.com to see what CPC can do for you today. And uh, I am still kind of in recovery mode from uh, watching uh, the A&M beat uh, North Carolina over in uh, Miami. So I'm on day three of recovery mode. It gets older the older you get. It gets harder the older you get. That's what I'm trying to say. Post 30, it... uh it uh, gets a lot harder to wake it, up the next day. It really does, man. And you just and you didn't make that game because you were too busy moving, huh? Yeah, yeah, that was pretty tough. Uh, luckily, I got everything lined out. Uh, Wait a minute, stop! I didn't, I didn't introduce you yet. Everyone, everyone, listen in. This is this is a good buddy of mine, Kelsey Dean, the uh, the corporate sales uh, uh, for a Tiger Offshore. He's in the studio today, and we're trying out this new camera today. So check out our YouTube and uh, see how how it works. Love love y'all's feedback. And uh, anyway, buddy, so you just moved. Yeah, yeah, just moved right up the road here from uh, CPC's office. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of cool. Um, not a far drive from here, which is nice, and uh, closer into town. But, yeah, I, I made sure that we – being in logistics, I had uh, about five or six different guys coming in and out, getting the TV set up, the audio set up, everything, so I can make sure to watch the That is the, the worst, worst part about moving. The worst part about moving is just, like, getting everything in line. You it's, know what I mean? It's, it's getting it, – but anyway, we, that's 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 not the yeah. point of this. This isn't around the rotary moving, yeah. moving logistics yeah. and why it's miserable podcast. Yeah. Let's 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 get this kicked off, man. I know we got a lot of interesting stuff to get into. Uh, we're let's talk a little oil and gas. Let's talk about other stuff uh, after that. Let's get uh, for those that don't know you out there. Let's start off. Give us give us uh, your background. Get get into it as much as you want, or kind of give us the. Uh, the elevator summary, whatever you feel like. Let's go. Yeah, man. Uh, again, thanks for having us on thanks or for having me on. Thanks and, for coming uh, say on, us, brother. Uh, legitimately. But uh, thanks for having me. And, uh, yeah, just to uh, kind of go on uh, what's been going on, it's good to catch up with an old buddy. Yes. Uh, we used to run at each other on West Campus a couple times, I think, uh, back West, in the day. And West Campus, then in turn to in Houston, what, Armadillo Palace, yeah. Marquis. Uh, sometimes in Austin as well. Sometimes in Austin as well. Cane and Abel's, right? Cane and Abel's. Cane and Abel's. Every Sunday. Right. That was crazy. Uh, yeah, so uh, just kind of starting off, I grew up in the oil field. Uh, my dad was uh, worked in the 80s for a company called ERC. We've an ex-coworker of mine. Yeah. Uh, That's right. Again, one of the other ties that we have. Yep. Uh, you actually helped my dad out when technology was a little too much for him trying to do these expenses on, on the computer. Oh, gosh. I remember having to call, do a relay call between you and my dad and me trying to figure out how to do his we expenses. We got to figure it out. We got to ah, figure it out. Handled well. Uh, so. But that's part, hey, that's part of our role as, as, as in, in, in our only gas Bridging industry, the gap. bridge the gap. Bridging the gap. Help people out where yeah. they need, some, need yeah. some help and they can help you out. Dad was well into his 60s and if it wasn't pen and paper uh, and anything to do with the computer, it just wasn't going to work. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, so uh, my dad, Bobby Dean, he he got a job. Uh, he was a cop here in Houston, and uh, before I got uh, before I was born, my mom d- 
decided that he needed a, a career that he could come home to and okay. not have to worry about it. Little did she know the oil field <laughs> has some of the same risks uh, based on what he was doing. So uh, he got a job in Corpus, and he was uh, leading the South Texas sales, and we transferred out of Houston um, down to Corpus and uh, kind of grew up down there and doing some things. One of the first memories I have uh, as a sports fan uh, was actually in McAllen, Texas, at the uh, Ioga okay. back oh, yes. in 1986. International in International Women's Golf, Golf Association. Yeah. yeah, and we were down there, and uh, the Rockets were playing the Celtics okay. in 1986. And uh, I remember watching that with a couple of hands, uh, the friends of my dad's, and uh, uh, just remember that being – you know, the thing, uh, and knowing that was one of my sports memories and seeing how close my dad was to those guys that I kind of met in the periphery, but didn't really get to hang out with, um, and hanging out with them. And then, uh, my dad eventually transferred back up to Houston working. How old were you when that happened? Uh, 86 was, uh, I was not aging myself, but I was eight. And then, uh, so 87, 89, 87 was when my dad transferred back up and then we moved back in 89. So what was, was that 11. like? So your dad's got your dad is one of the one of the the, the big hitters in my in my opinion. Yeah. You know, one of those those the, the old school class that knew that did sales. Yeah. It was a different time. It was a different animal back in the day. It uh you know, there, there there's kind of some old and new still yeah. mixed in with what we're doing now, I think in guys our age and then some of the younger guys. What was that like for you growing up? I guess having a dad that uh, It was a lot of fun. It, what, what do you mean? It, it, well, you know, it, it afforded us a lot of opportunities uh, to, to do some things that I don't think uh, I would have done if my dad was in another career. Uh, you know, we we had a place on uh, Padre Island okay. in, in Port Aransas, a little place called the Pod House. All right. And it's famous. If you look it up, uh, you know there were a couple of things that were done there. There was, a believe it or not, a Playboy shoot done in like 1978 really? at the Pod House. And my dad's company... Uh, the owner owned the pod house, and that's where they entertained and took people. They had a 65-foot hatteras that they would take people out deep-sea fishing. Okay. And so we got to go and do that. And then I got to go on incredible ranches in South Texas to go and kind of clean deer and be the guy that was, you know, that would do everything. That's how I learned how to, you know— manage and maintain like a deer camp as a young kid you know i, I, I was the gopher see that's you know? that's so interesting because like my growing up i think I th- first off i think that's so cool and that's also so cool about our industry like, yeah i remember it's it's uh it's very family focused and the, the experience is so cool i mean growing up i grew up in uh, connecticut and my yeah. dad was an accountant right we didn't do any ranches we no. didn't do any fish and boats it's a different or, deal yeah, yeah we had like one trip and it was like maybe like Cincinnati and like where the kids were stuck in a room right. with the parent, like my, my dad did his conference but like there was never any like you meet the friends, you meet the families, and like kind of the families grow up together. Yeah, I think I love that about our industry. Yeah, uh, one of one of our mentors, uh, Bubba Smith, best, uh, best grew up, is. literally grew up uh, or lived across the street from my uncle, my my mother's uh, older brother, um, back in Quell Valley, okay. back in the day before Bubba moved up to the North Side in Champions. Yep, Champions, and uh, Bubba Bubba and Sis lived out there, and uh, yeah, so it it, it just it, it's it's always been around. Yeah, me. you know, yeah. like I've always been in it, I guess, and uh, you know, the, just just the good times that we had growing up, and the things that we did, um, and were able to do that the oil field life, I guess, yeah. uh, 
you know, provided us. Well, uh, even during the tough times, too, the, the, yeah, the, the support we have as a community is tremendous, too. It's crazy. And, and, and it's funny you say that. Uh, when we moved, when my dad got transferred from Corpus to Houston, uh, there was a mass exodus from Corpus. Corpus was really hot in the 80s. Okay. Um, it, it's where a lot of the South Texas— it's still hot oil these and, days. Yeah. It was, it was where a lot of the South Texas oil and gas, like, the the companies would put a, another office in Corpus Christi. Yeah. It was a hub. It, yeah, so you were close to Alice, where the service center was. Think of Alice, you know, kind of like Victoria and Lafayette is. And uh, you 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 had a lot of people there, and then all of a sudden one night you didn't have a lot of people there. You you would wake up and the house across the street that was occupied was On the empty. Okay, empty. They would just walk it and move back to Houston. Uh, we were kind of fortunate enough to where my dad, credit to my mother, uh, we we were there for two years, and my dad was working up here in Houston uh, when he got transferred back to Houston. And he was working here, and we were kind of living down there while we had our house on the market yeah. trying to sell it. And then, lo and behold, we eventually moved back up to Houston, and uh, that's where things got really interesting and started popping off. And some of the stuff that – and some of the people that I, I've met and work with and continue to look up to, that's who I met. Uh, where, so we where, moved where to Houston. Houston did y'all move to? We, we lived in uh, – uh, my, my mother's two brothers lived in uh, Quell Valley out in Missouri City. Okay, okay. And uh, it was a great neighborhood, kind of a – Kind of a you know very family oriented neighborhood, and uh, it was it was a soft landing place for us uh, for for my mother to kind of come in, and for us as kids transferring in right. after having friends for ten years in Corpus, you know we we needed to make new friends, and having cousins there kind of made it a little easier. Yeah, for us. yeah, easy, easier segue. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, so we moved there a little further travel from my dad. My dad actually officed with. Uh, Couple of couple other legends, Tommy Fusell and Mike Stetson. Okay, and uh, up there at a, at the Safco office, that was my dad's. Uh, Where was that at? Safco was off of uh, oh Westfield and Rankin Road area. Oh, okay, I think. all right, all way right. up north. Uh, it was right next door to Westfield. It's the bar Westfield. Yes, okay, yeah, okay. And uh, they used to have their Monday morning calls over there at Westfield. I so, love that. I mean, it's that's, just that's the old just, that's the old school way. Yeah, I've always I mean, heard stories the, like there's that one phone at the bar that all the sales guys would go to and take. The, yes. That was that was Westfield's. Okay, so yes. yeah, they would have a phone that would link to it, and I mean, there was there was all kinds of good times up at Safco. Like we used to. Uh, Every year for Thanksgiving, we would pick up our turkeys there because Tommy and Mike Stetson and those guys, they would uh, fry their birds yeah. for all their clients up there, and we'd go pick them up. And we always had a bird and go pick that up yeah. and take it up to my, my dad's mother's place and all that. So, you know, it's just the whole field's always been around us. And uh, then uh, me getting back to kind of my growth in it, I went off to college like you did and went to what went to where'd you go to school uh texas a&m university there you go the the school in texas clearly the harvard of the south the harvard of the south uh forget rice <laughs> so uh yeah no it, so went up there and uh was an ag major kind of uh, big in ffa i okay. raised, raised animals and uh always wanted to go to a&m and so ended up going there and then when i got out so I, did you want to do the oil field uh, when you went to A&M, or was it or were you more uh, you know, attracted to kind of the agricultural I, side of the what i wanted to be before college was an ag extension officer uh which was working for the county being okay. ag, be an ag extension agent okay and uh kind of managed the 4-H and, you know, help the local farmers and all that. And, uh, but then as I grew into, you know, kind of less shy in high school and more outgoing in mm-hmm. college, 
uh, I realized that you know maybe maybe doing what my dad did was kind of kind of cool. Yeah, uh, my dad always had great great people around him, always seemed to have good times and really enjoyed his job. Like my dad really did, even though it was tough in in the eighties and the early nineties, and then we had that roller coaster in in ninety five ninety six, and then through 2000 and you know kind of rode the waves and the up and downs he always seemed like he had good people around him yeah and he always had a good time doing what he was doing right. and if you enjoy what you do you're not really working right i attribute that i i don't know your you, the dad your dad's but i attribute that to the the, the, I, the people in this industry i kind of feel like it always it, comes back to the people this industry is a dumpster fire right now it's 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 it's, it's you know it's 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 very volatile it's it's yeah. tough right now but the thing that always brings people back yeah is the people it it, it always comes back to the people yeah and you know <clears throat> I, I i remember my dad lost his job uh one of the, one of the companies that he worked for shut down and I, I'm I don't want to place the company no, no, no. Uh, because I, I can't remember it was 20 some odd years ago but uh, one of his uh, buddies that oilfield sales got you know my dad had a company car yeah. and uh, we didn't have a car anymore you know my dad my dad didn't have a car to get around right well uh, one of his buddies had a Jeep and loaned, loaned my dad the Jeep to get around to go make, you know, interviews and to have a car to go back around because he still had his company car, but he had a Jeep on the side. And, you know, my dad drove a Jeep to go make appointments and go meet people until, you know, and, and, and get a job. Just, and that's just the caliber of the people in our industry. It, and, and you know, it's it's been very consistent like yeah. that. I don't I don't know. I'm sure they're out there, but I don't know a bad person in the oil and gas business. I mean, I, I I've had my ass chewed. Yes. Worse than most people. There's there's some you'd rather not be around, but as, right. as far as people right. that you just but don't want to sit the at table. At the end with. of the day, it's probably because I was the first one they saw. <laughs> you know, like yeah. like you know, like eh, yeah, this guy's gonna get it. Uh, but you know, at three o'clock in the afternoon, they're calling me and like, hey, look, you know, just kind of, I, I, you know, and it just comes back to it. I, I don't know a bad person in 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 the oil field. Right. Um, they they're always. It, it just seems like if somebody falls on hard times. They're always there for you. Yeah, and so circling back around, uh, you know, my I, I knew what that was in college, and I knew what my dad had, and I, I started kind of leaning toward that. I got real big into live music in college. I was going back, going back and forth to Austin for the to end of my years, going to see shows. Okay. loved it. You know, going going down on Sixth Street, and I was like, man, I, I really want to go to Austin. I kind of want to get in the music scene if I can. Like do, doing what though? You know, I, I I really wanted to like just go and sign bands and like, you know, be, okay. be the intermediary, like an A&R person yeah. for, you know, record companies and go and sign bands, see live, live music, still love live music. It's one of my big passions okay. that I love. Okay. I, I, you know, get a lot of grief from some of the weird stuff. I play at oil field golf tournaments on my, on my uh, music player, but well, I play uh, yeah, trust me. It's what it is. I get that. Yeah. yeah. Is what it is. Uh, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, I, I, I was like, I'm going to go to Austin, see what I can do. I took a job, uh, with Dell. And, uh, if you bought a, if you called up on a Wednesday when they put that sale up on TV and, uh, there's a good chance you got me in the queue. I was sitting in a little cubicle and okay. selling selling computers on the phone, and uh, I realized uh, I like sales. I didn't like inside sales. Okay, and so I went and sold copiers. Okay, door to door. We just and had Jason Stewart come on with Weatherford. His, that was his first role selling copiers. It's it's a it's a great job. If if you want to know what putting feet to the ground and knocking on doors and cold calling fifty. Customers are parking your car at one end of the street and then walking up and walking down and canvassing buildings and really 
getting into a introductory sales, tough, cold call kind of deal. Um, there's nothing better than going to sell No, he was saying the same thing. I mean, it really set him up to kind of it, hear no and, yeah. and be okay with it. But, yeah. Okay, well, I'll see you uh, next time. I, I probably heard no 95% of the time. Right. Um, and if I made 100 calls a week, um, I heard no 95 of them. And of those five, they were probably re-ups on – changing out a copier that they already had. Right. Anyway, it's a, it, it was it was a heck of a job to kind of figure things out and learn if sales was really, like if I had it, like if I could stick to it okay. and being told no, because, you know, we get told no a lot. I mean, that's, that's you know, there's there's other companies that provide a different, you know, service well, I mean, or going, pricing. Going, or, well, going from going from Dell and then, yeah. and, and then getting this job and selling, you know, copy, no one likes hearing no. It's not right. fun hearing right. no. So that being said, I mean, what did you, when did you, rather than get to, like, Say, you know, demotivated, look, I'm not going to do this anymore. Yeah. I'm not going to when did, when did the kind of the, the click when you're like, you know what? I don't care about, like, what happened in your mindset? Yeah, so with Dell, it's a lot like uh, coming into being a car salesman. They're on the lot. You know, Dell, they're calling you. They, you know, it's just up to you to kind of close it. Um, with doing outside sales or, you know, uh, copier sales, it's, it's more – you're going out there and hustling. You're looking at. You're canvassing the area. You're you're out, you're looking at your client. Yeah. Trying to seek. Trying to figure out if this guy's the right right guy. Can you upsell him? Can you do all that? So you're really kind of uh, planning planning it out. And I'll get to that later on on how that fits. You know everything I do now. Um, it's just kind of planning your work and working your plan. So you you know that you have. You know I want to hit. 30 people today and 30 people tomorrow. So it became a numbers game. I know I'm going to get told 95%, no, 95% of the time. But it's those five yeses that are going to make my month. That keep you going. And, yeah, if 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 I get those five yeses and if I get – it's crazy what happens when one yes turns into another, turns into another, and it's that snowball effect that we all talk. Yep. And then that just gets you up in the morning. You know? Do you have any good stories from that uh – Man, yeah, yeah. Th- th- there were there were a couple of them. Uh, so I, I I had East Austin, uh, okay. Which back in two thousand and five, two thousand six wasn't as cool as it is now. Like All right. Now it's kind of the place to be. There's a lot of cool it's restaurants. Hip, yeah, it's hip, it's hip, hip, like yeah. a lot of hipsters. It's like Brooklyn is for yeah, New York. A lot of like, vegan tacos everywhere. Uh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. you know, craft beer, yeah. Franklin barbecues over there, and you know, all, all the cool stuff in Austin's kind of on the east side. Back then, it was it was just you know. It was it was a mess. Okay, and so uh, there are a couple. I, I got bit by a dog, uh, walking into a gate. Like literally bit. I, I was I was poor. I was out of college, and we had to wear like a, a, a tie and a jacket. And, right. You know, nice pants and everything like that. You couldn't wear boots and jeans or, you know, khakis and boots or anything like that. It was it, it was a full blown suit every you got day. Bit so by a dog got bit by a dog walking through a uh, a, a construction concrete sales. Uh, uh, deal. So I had to do the whole thing. I didn't have really great insurance. I was still kind of banking off, milking off my parents' insurance. Yeah, so, you're 20, 23. You don't yeah, need insurance. Yeah, so you're so, invincible. Yeah, so uh, had to go and get the rabies, do all that stuff, and you know, contact. Anyway, they ended up buying a small fax machine copier so combo. Sell, yeah. So at least I got that twelve hundred dollars sale. But I think I spent like five hundred dollars in medical bills. <laughs> I was like, you know, awesome. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, I, I had my car broken into several times on the east side of Austin, uh, and all they did was take copier pamph- you know, pamphlets from like Sharp and Konica Minolta. So. That just tells you how good of a copier seller you were. Good for them, I yeah. guess. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, that really kind of 
taught me where to go. And then uh, I, I parlayed that into one of my clients was a uh, case heavy machinery okay. uh, uh, distributor. Okay. And I went in there to sell them a copier one day. I'd been there like two times. And finally, the manager saw me and <clears throat> he offered me a job on the spot. And uh, I Doing took it. What? Selling heavy equipment. Okay. And I thought, well, that's cool. I can wear boots and jeans. I yeah. get to, I get to uh, try out tractors and rent rent backhoes and excavators and all this cool stuff yeah. in, in Austin. And they gave me a sweetheart territory, which is down by San Marcos and doing dripping springs and yep. all that where all this development was going yep. on, all this cool stuff. And so I got to go and hang out and do that and be outside all day and be in my truck. And uh, unfortunately, the the manager and I kind of butted heads. He was, he was kind of a little young to be in that role, I guess. And I was kind of hard headed and we butted heads a couple of times and I was pretty stupid about it. And, you know, when two hard headed people get, and get together, and, and, there's, and there's no giveaway. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's going to end in. Yeah. yeah. So he, you know, it, it, it wasn't for a lack of trying on, on both ends, but, uh, that parlayed into, uh, my my buddy had a landscape company, and uh, I went to work for him managing his landscape company for another two years. Okay. Finally, uh, believe it or not, a, a breakup brought me back to Houston. Uh, I was dating a gal, and uh, uh, we we broke up. And uh, I called my dad up, and I was like, "Man, I I just I just need a change." And uh, he's like, oh, "I was wondering when you're going to call me." And we went we went down to a buddy's place uh, for opening day, a dove season, yeah. uh, Labor Day weekend, and. Uh, I, I had a conversation with him, and he was like, "Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm glad you got that out of your system. You know, sounds like you're ready to go to work." And uh, I was like, "Yeah." And he had me in, in an interview uh, uh, shortly after that. With, what, what type of role? Sales? Yeah, sales okay. role uh, with uh, uh, a buddy of his named Arthur Potter. Okay, who uh, worked at QTS with my dad. And uh, they started their own company called Energy Fish and Rental Service. So this is your first. This is your first role in the oil. Field. First role in the oil field. Okay. So that was that was December two thousand six. So I talked to my dad about it in September. Uh, December we went back to the same deer camp. Uh, kind of did a December hunt right around Christmas, and I had an interview uh, that next weekend uh, here in Houston, and uh, he signed me up more money than I ever thought I'd ever make in my life. Yeah. And, you know, I'm 27 years old and I'm like, this is it for me. So Let's, is this one of those things? I mean, so you you grew up around the oil field, your dad's in the oil field, you're seeing, yeah. you're, you're seeing the relationships he has, you're seeing the connections that he makes, you're uh -huh. seeing all this stuff. So, you know, you, you're, you're doing your own thing, trying different industries. Yeah. And now, now you're in the oil field. Yeah. Now, did, did you feel, did you already feel you were at home or was it kind of I, like, Oh, sh like shit, I'm out of my comfort I, zone. I, you know, as, as Arthur Potter liked to say, uh, who's one of my mentors, uh, and, and just a great, great man. He's a, he's a legend in the fishing business, by the way, he has his own, uh, like fishing tool that's named after him. Okay. Like he's, I mean, there, there's nothing that guy can't fish out of a hole. And uh, he he was like, you know, you don't know your, you know, you don't know an overpass from an overshot. And I was like, no, I don't. He's like, well, I'm gonna, you're gonna spend two months in East Texas. And so uh, I was like, all right. And so I I started on January second, uh, my first day. And uh, he gave me a truck, loaded three fishing tools in the back of the truck, and I took it up to Kilgore, Texas. Okay. And I spent every Monday through Friday working for two months 
up and around okay. East Texas, All Manola right. County, just running rigs and just being kind of like a gopher, yeah. just kind of sitting jobs and kind of seeing how it works. But that's a great experience, though. It was awesome. It was yeah. the best thing that could have ever happened for me. I didn't I didn't get into an office. I was corporate sales. I didn't get into an office in Houston, Texas until March. Okay. Started in January. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I was just kind of sitting there, and I worked in the shop. I, I smashed my fingers on, on racks and did all the – all the things that you know had had you know didn't have the experience that a lot of guys do. I I get that. I'm not I'm not a guy that comes right off the rig or anything like that. But I had the experience I needed to kind of go and sell yeah. what I needed to sell. And then I had that safety cushion of a guy that is a legend in the business anyway. That and he wants to teach. He wants to mentor. Wants you. to teach me. Right. And we would go on. Potter and I went on runs in South Texas together that were just incredible. We would we would start out in Houston, go go to Victoria, head to Alice at our shop, go go run tools down to Laredo, then come back to Alice, jump on a plane and go fish on a job in uh, in. Utopia, Texas, way out in West okay. Texas, and then come back the next day. Like if you went on a run with Potter, you 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 brought a week's worth of clothes. If he told you it was a Monday through Wednesday deal, believe it's going to be Monday to Monday okay. kind of deal because he he just took any job that you know back in the day when we were starting out, he just took any job we can go. But honestly, that's I, th- I think it having, was I think having a mentor like that, I mean, incredible. When I when I got in the oil field, Carrick Payton was was my mentor. That, right. was, that was like that. It was one of those things. Like you that's when you were at Noble. Yeah, right? when I was at Noble, yeah, yeah, you yeah. get off at six, and like yeah. he's like you know you leave it like. Six Seven or eight or nine, just once. Once the job was done, I mean, it was a lot of time, a lot right. of this, a lot of right. attention to detail, a lot of. But at the same time, I mean, you learned a lot too. Yeah. You learned the work Absolutely. ethic. You learned, a, a, you know, what what the product looks like when yeah. you're delivering it to whoever. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, it, it allows you to not to not get yourself in trouble when you're talking to that engineer on the other side right. of the table. <laughs> um, you know, and and. I, the, the one thing I learned early on is it's okay to say I don't know. Still, yeah, I still say I know it all. The I time. say I don't know all the time. Yeah, um, let me get back to you. It's probably probably the one thing that I that I say probably once or twice a week. I well, it's better than bullshitting them. Yeah, it's 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 better than putting your foot in your mouth and overpromising and underdelivering. Exactly. You know. Um, so so you did that. Yeah, did that was what was with energy fishing and rental. Uh, for about a year, year and a half. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I was young and there was, we kind of made a name for ourselves. Uh, you know, I, I came up with a bunch of guys, uh, Jeff Kessler, yep. Jay Surik, uh, Scott Willis, Zeke Peak, uh, Brad Sears. Scott Willis. Yeah. 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 All, all those guys, uh, they, they, they kind of started you a little Brad bit Brad Sears of too? Yeah, Brad yeah, okay. Sears. Okay, all right. Uh, those guys kind of started a little ahead of me in, in, in the oil field. And uh, uh, when I came in, they were starting a deal called Snap. Okay, I was about to get to this yeah. because this the, we talked about this before the podcast. Yeah. Uh, Kelsey and I catched up, uh, caught up a little bit before this, and, and I, I think this is kind of important. So back in the, so tell me about Snap and kind yeah. of the background uh, on that. Was, yeah, so so this was kind of a cool deal that 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 these guys did. It was no credit to me. It was uh, uh, you know, like I said, Kessler, Jay Surik, and those guys, right. and a guy named Nelson Powers. Uh, they they all got together and they're like you know look if we all bring a customer to a happy hour together we can broaden our network yep. and I was like yeah and so I was new and I met it was I was back I was back in Houston it was at Rodeo Cookoff at Brisket Cases okay and Jay Surik was there and I met Jay and he was he was like hey man look 
we're doing this deal. I know you're new. Uh, hadn't seen you around. I was like, no, man, I've been out in the field kind of deal. He's like, we're doing this deal. It's a happy hour. Doesn't really have a name yet. And we're just kind of getting together and networking. Bring a client, bring a customer. I was like, I don't have a customer yet. I, yeah. I don't. All my customers are up in Kilgore. Yeah. They're they're seven and seven. And uh, they're, they're not going to come to happy hour. He's like, not a problem. Just come out, see what it's about, and do it. So I did. And I was like, man, this is kind of cool. Uh, again, that oil field group trying to help each yeah, other out. Exactly. You know? And, uh, you know, it, it always comes back to that, right? Um, and uh, so I was like, yeah, man, this is great. And then that thing grew. I think our the first one I went to, we had probably two clients and seven sales guys. Yeah. Sounds pretty standard. Yeah. And then – Actually, uh, it's, it's more like one one client – 20 salespeople 20 these sales. days. Yeah. 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 So, so, so the original seven, uh, there were six and then me and then, uh, Ashley Godan, uh, and then, um, was, was part of it, uh, as well in the beginning. And, uh, uh, she, she, she was, she was there as well. And then, so we, we ended up like, uh, growing it as, as, as we got more confident and became better friends or not better friends, but just better acquaintances right. with, with our people in the offices. And it just grew and grew and grew. But I think that, I think that's important right now because right now we're facing the, in this and, – and again, yes, this was done back yeah. uh, previously. 2007. 2007 in, yeah. in, your, in your earlier career and that being said. But however, um, I think right now it's applicable because right now we're kind of facing a time where yeah. there's these industry events aren't re- – there's some well en- 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 uh, attended, but – some aren't, um, and it's difficult right now. People are trying to think, okay, well, I got to wait for the next AED happy hour. I got to wait for this. It's right. like this is kind of the thing where, like, kind of what you and your friends did, create your own, uh, create your own events, create your own yep. Yep. Uh, uh, community. You know what I mean? Where you actually start getting around people again. Right. So I think that snap what you had back in 06, yeah. 07, that could easily be picked up again in 15 other different names if people want to. Absolutely. Yeah. And 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 we tried – so <clears throat> what happened was the thing is, is it got credit, – credit to the guys, and I'll, I'll kind of ride their coattails a little bit. It grew fairly big. Yeah. Where we started happen, having $5,000 tabs. Yeah only split up by seven sales guys <laughs> and that, that became kind of an issue for us to turn in, you know, these young sales guys, even though it was a lot, but it was also a lot of other sales guys coming in yeah. there that heard about it. You know how these things go. Uh, yeah, and, word, word of mouth and it's, around. and look, that's, that's great. That's not a problem. Um, you know, we, we try not to have, you know, back in the day, we try not to have competition in there, you know, we, we try to sort it out like, Hey, you know, you can come. We just already kinda, have a pipe guy. We already yeah, have a, we are a well pipe guy. guy. We have a, well, yeah, yeah, we have yeah, a fish yeah. tool guy. Yeah. We have a mud guy, you know, you know, we, we picked and choose our spots, um, you know, but, Come on in, you know, kind of put your card down, kind of help us out a little bit. You know, you're you're using our word of mouth to kind of do that. And it just got really big to the point to where um, <clears throat> it, it kind of got out of hand. <laughs> and, and and so we kind of had to slow that down and tighten up a little bit. And then we tried to restart it a couple of times before. And what happens is that was 13 years ago and people have kids people and wives. And they live in uh, Katy, they live in the Woodlands. Don't live in Houston and don't live in apartments and can't, but that, but, but, can't but, stay out. But that's the thing, though. I mean, this this isn't just for, you know, people, you know, in our generation or anything like that. But I think I, I think this idea of, of starting something, that's not the thing. It doesn't have to grow to be this big, massive monster. No, I mean, if you, if you keep it a controlled size, it could be so beneficial. Right. Because that's, again, a new, innovative idea to, to to interact with customers again yeah it's 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 kind of you know it's it's that it's that go out and do it yourself don't let 
an organization. No. Not that there's anything wrong with those organizations. I'm not knocking that they're either. excellent. But, you know, if they're once a quarter, that doesn't get you in no. front of people, you know, as much as you need to see them or give give opportunities to those guys to come out and and and, and, not, and not only not only that it's, it's not uh, it's not specified too so right. it's like I'm a your customer yeah and all that stuff is like hey JP I'll see you at the AD next happy hour yeah versus hey man hey. it's this little group that we're doing it's kind of a private happy hour like it, it it's kind of like going to a bar with no sign like you know about it yeah kind of deal like and, the, like, and that's the thing so it's yeah. it's one of those things like I'm not saying do exactly that but you know people out there right now need to be thinking of different ways. Ways to interact with not just their Absolutely. customers, but meeting new customers. I love what y'all do here. You know, when you have your dinners here and, and kind of get together with people and and have that. I think getting out is so important, and being face to face with people is is so important because so much gets lost over a Zoom or a That's, Microsoft Teams call. Like there's there's not that interact. There's not that side chat. There's not that conversation that you can. I'm not, and I'm not seeing uh, lunches. I'm not seeing uh, you know obviously no breakfast runs. I'm not seeing yeah. things like that as be as valuable as they once were. No. Now it's kind of being, you know, doing creative stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. Thinking outside the box. Yeah. So, yeah. We have been having dinners here. We've been, we've been uh, hosting things here and it's yeah. been very well received just because yeah. it's, it's just different. Well, we it's have. small and intimate, yes, right? And, exactly. And, and it feels like it's, it's, it's makes it special that way, right? Like you, you have four people here, yeah. you know, you, you, you know, you do, you do what you need to do for the safety of, of the people that are here, but it feels more intimate. It feels, you know, more, um, I, I it, it's the right, yeah. best word. Yeah. And, it's, and it's a great time. It's a great time. You're and people, people are more people. relaxed and they're not being hammered and talked to. They can actually like just, and they're not in front of the news. They can, they can oh, talk to take their, a break. They can talk to the oil field friends and family yeah. In a room and not focus on the negative stuff and actually just sit there and talk. Well, and just think about the guys that have to work from home that have kids that are being homeschooled, yeah. their wives that are working from home. Sometimes you just need a break. And believe it or not, the office people miss the office. They they you know I miss the office. Yep. I miss going inside and seeing people and talking to people oh, because I, I, I the other deal is either going to my office and sitting you know in in, in the conference room by myself you know being distance from, yep. you know, no interaction or being at home. And I'd rather be in the office talking to people and sitting in a chair across from a desk and that's visiting with folks. And that's how you get charged up is talking to people. So anyway, uh, yeah, let's get, let's, let's get back to this. Let's, Sorry. Let's, let's, yeah. get, let's bring you to where you're Digress. at today. Let's get, so, let's bring you yeah. where you're at today. My, so leave, start, start the snap up deal. And then I go take a job, uh, with, uh, rapid energy services and mud. And I was young and, uh, mud was paying big money back okay. then. And, uh, do you know anything about it? Knew absolutely okay. nothing about mud. Uh, hell, I still don't know that much about mud. Uh, I have a drawing that one of our mutual friends and and a, a buddy of mine, uh, a, mentor, of yours, a, a mentor of mine, a mentor yep. of yours, Bubba Smith, drew on my first day, my Monday morning conference call, first day at Rapid Energy Services, which isn't around in the mud sector anymore. They have a ton of other patents on some other things. Uh, but when I was there, I was working for Mark Lemon and Bubba Smith. Okay. And uh, Bubba... Le- legends. I mean, just... in. In in the oil field and in their own mind. For oh, sure. absolutely! I mean, just great, great people. Uh, how your mama and them, <laughs> Bubba, <laughs> and uh, how your mama and them. How your mama and them. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Bubba drew me a a diagram and with 
pictures and all uh, about how mud works and what and its purpose on a well. And, and that was your training? That was my training. Okay. And like, go sell it. If you get in trouble, bring an ops guy with you. And so I did. I, I would just go. I, I focused on small companies, yeah. uh, small EMP companies. Uh, ECA was one of my clients. There's uh, Oasis uh, yeah. that was around. Uh, there's a couple of small ones that aren't there anymore. And I would just go and sell land mud jobs and just have a land basis account. Okay. And uh, that's what I focused on. And um, I, I never, ever sold a job. I sold an introduction. And I was like, hey, would you, you're not going to, I'm not going to talk to you about mud weights and, you know, t- the viscosity of mud. I'm not going I'm to, I'm not your guy, but I know somebody who is. And if you can get me that meeting and you want to talk about your next job, I promise you that our hands and our guys will do a better job and they'll program, they'll, they'll get you a mud program and draw this up for you and take care of you and, and give you the service that you want that a big mud company may not give you as, as a small company. And that's, and that was, I was like, just give me the meeting. You know what? You know what? what I did. And that's the thing. I mean, a lot of people are judging right now their successes, especially in the sales industry, yeah. whether you're you just start out in sales, you're looking for a role in sales or anything like that. A lot of people start out, they're like, okay, well I need to get, you know, this amount of, yeah. but that, that's an excellent point. You're yeah. like, okay, well if I don't sell it, at least I'm making the connection to get someone in there because if you're in sales for prolonged, you never know where that person's going to go. Uh, no, you don't. The relationship is only going to grow. Yeah, and and JP, I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure you can talk about it too because you know you were you did some great things at Penergy under Bubba and you know I always had Bubba to lean on and Mark oh, yeah. Lemon and all that. Like if I didn't know, again, I don't know, but I know somebody who does. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> I would always kind of lean on those guys who knew more than I did, and kind of go from there. And uh, uh, that made me look better in the eyes of a customer instead of a green hand where you're just trying to bullshit know, your way through bs my way through a right. mud job absolutely I'm like i'm not gonna yeah I, i'm not i'm not even gonna go on your site i'm just i'm just trying to make the connection and so i was a connector all right i, I wasn't really corporate sales i was more of a connector and then uh, unfortunately that company went a different direction and uh luckily i knew a guy uh through my father um tommy Fusell's uh son paul fusel worked for tiger offshore okay and i saw him at the aed fin fur feather and he was working his booth by himself the tiger booth by himself and i was like man you need some help boss and i'd sit there and drink like five or six beers with paul and sit there and i I didn't have a booth but i used paul as my booth and i brought the people i knew to paul and Paul introduced me to a bunch of people. I was like, man, this kind of works, right? And he was like, yeah, this, this, you know, this, this is kind of symbiotic. Let's, and so that was in November. And then, you know, uh, December came and still kind of held on a job. Everybody had left. Bubba went on to another thing. Okay. Mark Lemon, my boss, left and went on to start his own company. And right. And it was just me as a sales guy and the operations manager. And that was it. That was the whole company. Okay. Uh, and the owner in Lafayette. And uh, I was like, man, this is this is some rough sledding. Like I'm I'm you know I'm being pulled and I'm trying to pull the operations manager from managing jobs and trying to bring him into the office to help right. me help me pitch and sell jobs. And I was like, this just isn't working out. So I contacted Paul and like uh, probably in January of 2010, and he hired me on. Okay, uh, immediately. All right. It's like, yeah, man, I. I I got a spot for and you. So what year was that again? That was 2010. 2010. So yeah. you you haven't been at Tiger the whole time. No, no. So oh, 07 through 10, I'd done uh, Energy Fishing and Rental and Rapid. Okay. And then I went to Tiger. Right. 
And then, so that's February of 2010 when I come on. Well, Macondo, April, April 20th, 2010, yep. Macondo happens. Okay. And I just hit my stride. Like, I, I, I took to Tiger and what we do pretty quickly it was it was something i got uh, a lot of people call it you know it's 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 baskets and tanks and rentals and it's 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 rental iron and um i knew the right people to talk to through snap i right. made some offshore connections through snap and kind of leaned on those and uh would go do breakfast runs with the sales guys from snap that i knew and hey man i need some help in yeah. this office energy 21 can you get me in here can you get me in you know El Paso and all this. You know and that. what, man? That's that's something I'm gonna. I'm gonna uh, that's something also too. I and mean, it's kind of a it's kind of a tangent too. But what what else? What else are we gonna talk that, about? I mean, we're like, here. You know, it's, it's, you know I, what I've noticed was when I'm always like, hey, look, like um, uh, you know, Kelsey with Tiger operating, yeah, ten year customer is gonna be there. Someone's like, eh, no, that's not my that's not my customer. I'm gonna pass on that. It's like you never know where people are going to end you up. You never know where they end up. And so I, to, to, yeah. to, to not have that introduction or not want to go meet that yeah. person because it's not your account, it's like, yeah. look at the industry we're in today. You never know where people are going to end up. Yeah. I mean, you know, I I met so many people that were on the land side of business that are now on offshore, and mm-hmm. then vice versa. People went mm-hmm. from offshore to land, um, you know, uh, that, that, you know, you just never know where that person is going to be five years from now. Just, and, and I actually think that's the wrong type of wrong type of way to sell in, yeah. in the oil and gas industry. If, if you're just doing that, per, if you're just calling that person just to get that initial sale, and that's it. Yeah. No. No. I, I mean, you have to build a one. You have to build trust, and a trust builds relationships, yes. right? Yes. And so, you know, that introductory, you know, that intro by a buddy of yours, you better be on your game, and you better be right because they're doing you a solid. And now you've now whenever somebody introduced me to somebody at, at a breakfast run or a happy right, hour, right? I made sure that I wasn't going to screw their name up. Like I, the last thing I want is somebody to go back to one of my buddies. Like man, that man, Kelsey that guy, guy, that dude is a tool. Yeah, screw that guy. Like don't ever bring him around. That's I the swear last there's thing. There's so many people who said that to me about me, but anyway, I doubt that. But <laughs> well, well let's, let's let's get into this right now. So Tiger, so you and I, so. Th- so through, I mean, so I kind of want to talk about Tiger, Tiger right yeah. now for a little bit yeah, because please. I've been blown away. I mean, we're kind of getting on forty yeah. minutes. I like so. I think it was like May or June right. of twenty twenty. Yeah. You know, everything's in lockdown. All these, you know, you're looking on LinkedIn. All these companies are just, you know, scrambling to find something. Yeah. You know, it was tough out there. It still is tough out there. Yeah. But what I noticed from y'all, you you started posting stuff um, from um, from Tiger, and it was like I saw a lot of innovation. I saw a lot of. Uh, Pivoting. Yeah. I mean, can you speak to that a little bit? Because I, yeah, I can. Uh, and, and thanks for asking. Uh, Tiger. You're welcome. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, I, I love talking about Tiger. I am a uh, champion of Tiger. I'm very fortunate to be there. So you're um, an Aggie and you work for a company called Tiger. I'm an Aggie and I work for two Tigers. Yeah. Gotcha. Right. Okay. It's, That's it, how it works. It's a little weird. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, what? credit to ownership, credit to management. Um we we saw a way that we could keep our friends in the oil and gas industry working. Okay. Um, you know, we wanted to take away, try to help some of that fear and manage it in a way, whether that be 
disinfecting rigs, disinfecting boats, uh, quarantining, you know, buildings, you, things like that. Do you feel like uh, Tiger was a, uh, oops, do you feel like Tiger was kind of like a, a first mover when it came to kind of pivoting? Because I mean, you know, um, one of the first moves. Yeah. Uh, th- th- there are a lot of companies in the oil and gas businesses that, that, that pivot right. when necessary. We do a lot of work in uh, kind of disaster relief. Uh, we do a lot of hurricane work. Is this, uh, is this new? No, no, we've been. As a matter of fact, uh, the owner of our company he he started out kind of in that industry, like kind of kind of helping move and help in a direction on the Gulf Coast. Okay, uh, started Tiger Industrial, uh, pressure washers, uh, power rental things like that, and then it kind of grew into what it is now, which is Tiger Rentals, and we have Tiger Industrial, Tiger Offshore, okay. Tiger. Tiger Safety, and uh, kind of grown that business. Well, with PMI, which which is now uh, a sister company of Tiger, we have the boat cleaning and uh, tank cleaning services that we do, and in the rig cleaning. Well, we started thinking, it was like, man, if, if if we could figure out ways to keep our customers working through a pandemic and kind of give them a way to do this safely and keep these rigs going and keep these projects yeah. going and not cut their capex back. It doesn't only just help Tiger; it helps our whole industry, yeah. right? And and so, does it keep the lights on at Tiger? Does it keep people employed? Yes, but it also keeps that guy, you know, that that mud guy on on the job. It, it keeps, bre- yeah, it it keeps the pipe salesman. It keeps, yep. yeah. And so, as if that project's going, it helps our industry. And so that's what we got into it with. We we're like, hey, look, we can move. We're private. We can move quickly and pivot quickly. When did that quickly. decision kind of come about? The first conversation that I had about it, um, I was in Mexico. Okay. Um, and I'll, I would love to talk about Mexico if you get a chance. Uh, but I, I, I was in Mexico uh, with with my general manager, and we were on the phone, um, and we were talking about how the virus seemed to keep moving. And, and when was this? This was uh, late February. Okay, okay. And we saw it. And uh, we're like, man, we, we, we just kind of need to get ready for this. And, you know, let's let's look where we can offer services in this space. OK, so what can we do? And then the the powers that be got together and was like, all right, this is kind of what we can do. You know, we we do man camps. We, we did yeah. man camps yeah. during the BP spill. We did man camps for hurricane relief. We're like, okay, so we can do mobile hospitals. We can do testing sites. We can do through safety. We can do decontamination services. We can do, um, you know, office cleaning, you know, all these things that are going to be needed. Okay. Uh, and you thought about this in February? Yeah. Before even the lockdowns, before people, yeah. before it was an oh shit moment. Yep. Yeah. So wow. that was February. That was Thursday, February 27th, I think. Okay. Um, I have it written down in my book because uh, we were on the conference call in Mexico while trying to figure this all out. And uh, we're like, yeah, we kind of need to get ready for this and kind of see this coming. And uh, and then we just kind of started adapting as as the pandemic adapted and moved. The needs changed and moved. So. We didn't need to do mobile testing because the county was doing that. Okay. We did set up a couple of sites through the county to, to kind of do some mobile testing, some drive-through testing, which is kind of like just kind of logistics and moving like being a gopher and grabbing people. Right. And uh, like, okay, yeah, no, we can we can go get that for you. We could source that for you. Let us be uh, a source through the government. And, you know, we, we have a SAM number and all that that we were looking and looking for opportunities to do so that. It was, very, it was very kind of a proactive, like, hey, look, yeah. let's, let's, yeah. Let's, let's ride this wave versus let's let's have it crash and it was, kind of recuperate. It was proactive through experience. Okay. Proactive through experience of working in spills. Yeah. Proactive 
perspective and experience in working through storm relief, uh, hurricane relief, disaster relief. Um, I was even out in 2017 for the fires in Napa uh, that okay. were that were riddling California. We were trying to do some base camp work, and I flew out there and talked to the guys at Cal Fire, and you know, so we we kind of are good in that space just because we can move so easily. We don't, I mean, I I have a direct line to the owner of the company. Everybody does. Like if we have an idea or a way to kind of help and do this, you know, we could talk to him, get on a call and talk to him. And which is great that you have that open door communication. It's, it's, it's fantastic. And um, being that we're private and able to go and do that, um, it allowed us to move in this pandemic space. Man, y'all, and, y'all did such a – I mean, just stuff, yeah. just stuff that I've seen. I mean, I remember I just reached out to you. I'd come in. I was like, man, what Tiger's doing right yeah. now? I mean, it was very responsive. It was very reactive. Yeah. You kind of look You kind of look like you were one of the first to the game. I'm not saying you were. Whoever's listening, oh, we did it first. But right. it looked like y'all were one of the first people to the game to actually transition to that. And I, did, I didn't know it was because that that experience with the hurricanes and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the – the deal with it was was we you know kind of like I said we we saw a need to keep people working first yeah. and foremost and believe it or not the a, a lot of our work now comes outside of the oil and gas business. That's go on. Yeah, uh, you know we do we do a lot of you know we do testing. Uh, uh, you know we started our own company. You can look at it tigertesting.com. Yeah, uh, we do large uh, uh, corporate testing. Throughout, uh, uh, we've done – I, I couldn't even tell you how many tests we've done. Uh, but we, we have teams, you know, through our safety, uh, uh, through Tiger Safety, we have medics and safety techs that can go out and manage testing jobs. And, um, you know, this all keeps frontline workers, you know, uh, going and, uh, and helping out. And, you know, we, we kind of look at it as... Did you as, offer this many... Did y'all offer this many services before February? Because it's, I'm looking at this right now. This is very... I mean, it's, it's very yeah. comprehensive. They're yeah. Pretty no, impressed by No, this. we didn't. So so <clears throat> everything from tigertesting.com uh, all all started post-February. Well, that's very impressive. Do y'all, do y'all uh, see hand sanitizer, hand sanitizer for sale? Yeah. Is that the tequila-smelling one? Uh, actually, that's not the tequila-smelling one because I've had that before. It's so bad. It I brings, don't know. If, it brings you back I, to the tap. I don't know to put that on ice or to put my hands on it. <laughs> no, no ranch water. Yeah, uh, no. So you know, the, the, all all those services have been added, and it's you know we are a logistics company at heart. Yeah, and so sourcing and getting things and project management is kind of in our in our realm. Right. You know, that's that's where we operate really well. In like if 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 we're working with a company and they want to you know handle every piece of it. We can do that and work with it, but we really do well if we're working with a company that just kind of lets us come in and focus on the needs they have and let us manage that's, that. That's y'all's wheelhouse. That's that's right, right in our wheelhouse. Cool. Uh, when 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 we're working with governments um, and and people in say Puerto Rico or people on the Gulf Coast after hurricanes. We, we don't typically work with government, but we will. Uh, but we work in the private sector that kind of looks for a job management. You work for the government, kind of but the government doesn't work with you. Got Correct. that. Correct. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, like, it's 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 been a lot of, you know, since 2010 and Tiger. I mean, you know, what what they've allowed me to do. I've traveled to places I never thought I'd travel. Right. I went to Morocco. I never thought I'd leave cool. Texas, you know, uh, start starting work in Morocco, uh, starting – 
a business in Mexico. You know, we started with seven pieces of equipment down in Mexico. We have a thousand pieces in two locations in Mexico. And I speak about as much Spanish as the average person, but I have a great team down there. And uh, we're able to work in that space. We're in 25 different locations. I can Has that sell- been difficult doing, uh, working uh, internationally uh, during these times? Actually, to be honest with you, uh, yes and no. Okay. Um, Great answer. Yeah. Uh, some some places yes, some places no. Uh, okay. uh, uh, you know what what's what's great is we are seeing activity pick up internationally. Okay. Uh, in places that have been kind of dormant, um, some places are handling the pandemic a lot less liberally than we are. Okay. And so there is there is more work. That being said, there's these EMP companies are taking every precaution to work safely there. Right. But it's these countries are allowing them to work and operate out of there. And uh, you know, we're 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 seeing a lot of that uh pick up and uh we're we're kind of excited about so I guess where we this, are. I guess this is kind of one of those things that potentially might get off might be a focus of Tiger mm-hmm. uh kind of uh uh, moving forward, right? I mean, it's it's the need's going to be there for the near future. Yeah. So, you know the the deal about the pandemic. Uh, unfortunately, even even with the vaccine, you know, you're still going to need testing. It's, it's still going to be here. You're still going to need disinfecting. Uh, you're still going to have to take the precautions so people feel safe at work. Uh, yeah. Um, even if you're going back in the office, uh, you know, if if you're an engineer sitting in downtown Houston, you're going to want to feel safe being there. And so companies are going to have to take these precautions to make their to let their employees feel safe. Well. We want to help in that as well, um, and, and there are ways we have we have office management protocols that we can put in place. Uh, it, it's, it's there on the website. We can you know get into uh, you know employee management. You know, it's funny. I mean, you hear Tiger Tiger Rentals. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You think, ah, it's just you know rental. It's baskets. It's baskets. Like yeah. But dude, I people mean, people think is... dumb iron all the time, right? Like yeah. it's just baskets sit there and it costs you money. But... And that, I mean, that's, I mean, honestly, that's yeah. what I literally thought before yeah. I started seeing all the all the uh, LinkedIn yeah. posts that y'all were making. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, between Tiger Industrial. So the, the one thing I love about Tiger is we're on land, we're offshore, we're we're upstream, we're downstream, and we're midstream. So we're 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 the whole process. Yeah. You know, I mean, we have a a lot of our equipment on the industrial side is inside the fence. So we're we're in in these refineries. Well, these refineries have to stay open twenty four seven. Yeah. Try doing that during a pandemic. How are you going to work on that, right? And so we had to find an answer to make that work, and we had to find an answer for our customers at these refineries that feel safe coming in. How are we going to do this? What are we going to do to, to, to make their lives and their jobs feel safe? You know? it, just, it just seems, I'm not sure if it's the leadership or what, but it just seems the the, the, the ability that y'all were actually having these conversations before shit yeah. hit the fan. Mm-hmm. Not only that, like it's one of those things you're able to actually kind of evolve and kind of uh, create d- during, during these times. It's, it's impressive. It's I mean, impressive. it's, it, it is a, it is a real credit to uh, the ownership and the management involved. And they have been every bit as proactive as you could ask for a company that's going to, that, and look, you know, they don't want, it, I, I'd be lying if I said that this didn't help us keep people employed. It does. It. I mean, it does. It, focusing on our core business is is one thing, but we have to have something subsidized. Yeah. Have to have some some subsidized income come in. I completely agree. This this has helped us keep people employed, as and well. it's a valuable service, and too. it's a service that's helping people. Absolutely. So, so it's 
extremely rewarding. You know, it's it's easy to get up in the morning and feel good about what we're doing because not only are we doing our core services and offering what what we do day to day, but we're also in the in the fight that are that you see on the news every day. You know, when you see that ticker going up, you know, 12, 12 million people, twenty million people infected, you know, these positive cases, this, this and that. We're out there in the thick of it doing it. We have people flying in and out of Houston and going to random places throughout the country doing you know, working testing Very different events. industries also. Yes, very different industries. You know, the industries that, that you know, people need day-to-day to live. Um, I won't get into specifics of it because, you know, yeah, but, yeah. but, yeah, there's 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 things that we do that – and people we work for that, you know, you need, that people need that you don't even think about. And, uh, you know, to keep those supply chains open and running, um, you know, and for us to be a, a little part of that to help them – stay open and, and going. Them, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, it's awesome. It's so like, you, we're happy about so it. So let's get into the second part. So you got a, you went to Napa, right? I did. <clears throat> yeah. You went to Napa. And, uh, before you came here, you brought, uh, two excellent bottles of wine. Yeah. Because, you know, on the podcast, I mean, either people bring nothing, which is fine. This is not a rec, you know, pre work of the podcast, but right. you just, you I've know, seen like, the pictures and, yeah, you said, it, and I, I, I figured I better bring something. You said, that, you know what? You know, I'm a wine guy. I'm a wine guy. I'm a wine guy. I and am. So you brought two bottles of wine. And yeah. so you were kind of walking me through, you opened it up and you're trying having me try it. Yeah. And these are very good bottles of wine. So I'm kind of, I'm going to kind of give a little structure first and okay. you're going to take it over. So sure. You brought the wine and you start speaking to it. I mean, this is like, you know, I, I know it's like, it's kind of like the Michael Scott. Where he, mm, it smells like a white. Like, that's yeah, kind of like my level. But that being said, I mean, you open it, you're talking about all this stuff. And I said, you know what? Let's just kind of get on there and, and you can kind of walk us through kind of a, a quick, a quick pour when people are at the, whether you're, you're a salesperson or whether you're a customer or anything like that, how to prop, properly. Experience wine. Okay, so yeah, uh, I I am not a connoisseur, but I, you enjoy it, it. I enjoy it. So and and if you just give me a couple of seconds, about the the, the thing I like about it is I learned about it through a guy named Judd Hansen, yeah. who if people listen to this podcast know Judd from his Mariner days and other companies. And um, one of my first lunches I ever had when I was in the oil field was. Uh, uh, at Caravas and Judd liked to drink wine on Friday and he literally introduced me to it. And I realized then that a wine lunch or a wine dinner yeah. brought out more conversation than beers at a bar or yeah. shots or, you know, just looking to get, you know, you yeah. kind of, you kind of conversate over it. It, it, it brings, it brings, it, it brings conversation to the table. Um, and so that, that was kind of my first introductory into it and just realizing, you know, kind of what that, what that does and how much it plays a role into, you know, what my dad's friends and, uh, you know, people that I, that I work with, uh, do in the business and, you know, how, how business is kind of conducted on lunches and, and, uh, dinners and things like that. So I started getting into it on there and I, I have some friends from school that are really involved in it. And so everything that I talk about and learn and do comes from either Judd Hansen or these Old these school. friends that I have, yeah. you know, from from the old Bubba Smith's another one that yep. that does wine really well. Oh, he's got, yeah, he's put me on a couple great wines. That, <sighs> I yeah. mean, you know, the, these guys that are twenty year, twenty thirty years older than me that have have a little age on them, you know, and and and, and like nicer things. So unfortunately, I was kind of ruined early. You know, like I I figured I better start 
doing something to earn money in order to afford this this, this habit, this expensive hobby. Yeah, and and it is. It's a call hobby. it a hobby, not a habit. I think it's hobby, a habit. That's... Hobby's easier. Habit habit kind of sounds bad, but hobby yeah, sounds like you have an issue. Yeah, yeah. Hobby habit more sounds like, oh. like I need to go to Betty Ford. Hobby sounds like oh, he likes oh, to sail. Let's go. So yeah, 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 he's got his shit together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's got his shit exactly. together, and and uh, he he likes to drink the occasional. Rest. Okay, so here, so let's phrase so, this up. We're at a restaurant. Yeah. Okay. Bottle of wine comes. What do you? What, how do you order? How do you order your wine? What so, do you look for? First thing I, yeah. So to get into it, Real first thing point. I do is I get I, I, I get the wine list, kind of figure out what I want to drink, what we're having, depending on where we're at. And uh, usually I stick to something that's red uh, okay. for dinner. Uh, usually something that's champagne or bubbles for, you know, kind of beforehand right. appetizers, and then pick out a red to decant, and then I hammer that down, and then. I always kind of look at something that's got a little age in a restaurant. Uh, what's an age? By age, I mean like I know if, what age means, if, but like what's... if it's twenty twenty, I don't want to drink any. If if available at a restaurant, I want to try to pick something that's old and and price sensible. So you kind of have an idea when you're going into a restaurant. You 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 see the the wine list, and you're like, mm, you know, I've seen that wine offered yeah, at, like at a store and for twenty bucks. And there's brother, you're for, yeah. yeah yeah you're selling it for eighty. Like uh, it's a little bit of a problem. Uh, but I always try to look for something with a little age on there because. Because the longer it's in the bottle, the better. The okay. better it okay. is uh, clearly. And a little age is that fine for like three years, or is that ten? What if? So like these that we have right now are 2010, 2013s. Um, those have some age on them, but we've decanted these a little bit too. So every hour adds a year is kind of like a rule of thumb. So if you open it, if you open up an eighteen, if you really want to drink it, uh, open up that eighteen, decan it for like four hours, and at least get it down a little bit. Like let the oxygen kind of do its job. So I felt like waking up from Miami. Right, hours awake added a year to my life. Exactly. So yeah, you know when you're in a restaurant, <laughs> and then typically I just let the 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 server or the psalm do do their job. And I always, if I'm, if I'm at somewhere, you know, at like Papa's brothers or a good steakhouse, I, I kind of let the Psalm do his job. He's going to know way more than I am. And, uh, you know, I kind of always let him know price range. I'm looking at kind of what I like. Um, I'm a new world Napa guy. I'm not really a French old world guy. Um, go USA, I guess. (laughs) But, uh, it's, it's basically cause it's, it's what, what I you know, know. and I've, I've been out there several times. And so um, we're, at, yeah. we're at the restaurant. Yeah, the the, the wines been picked out by you by the sommelier. It's yeah. here today. We got our glasses. Yeah. Okay. So now, kind of walk us through on a couple things to kind of so I don't look like such an idiot when I'm out. So I kind of look, so I kind of look like I, <laughs> I mean, know what you, I'm doing. I mean, to be honest with you, you, you handled it pretty well when we got here. So well, uh, it's it, all I, I mean, it's acting. Yeah. So, I mean, right. you've seen it all on TV, and you've seen the douchebags that are like just super like you yeah. know. The, yeah, they put their hand to their ear and they really just kind of sniff it and put their nose on there. They raise it by their head. Yeah, down. it's it's not really necessary. Just kind of give it a little swirl, you know, kind of see what's you know kind of happening. Let's do it. Let's walk through it. Yeah. Okay. So this uh, is the uh, uh, con- we, the 2013. That's constant. the constant. Okay. So, I got the uh, I got the palmas in in my hand. Okay. So, so the wine has been poured. Yeah, I, I typically just kind of you know when 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 the psalm pours for he pours a uh, kind of a tasting right. Amount and you just kind of turn that in there and kind of let that go in your glass. And so, what are you looking for? Color in your mind right now. Right now, I'm looking at color. I'm looking at shape in the glass. So, the shape in the glass, the oval, determines age. 
um, when you lay it on its side. Then I'm looking at at the tannic structure when it comes down. Um, when you lean it over and let it let it circle around the glass, okay. you you see those legs coming down there. The slower, the longer the legs, the better the wine. It's going to wash over your palate. So you have just like my wife. Yeah, you, yeah, exactly. Uh, you have a front palate, okay. a middle palate, a back palate of your tongue. So okay, you know when you're watching basics of, of wine, um, and then you know you just kind of let it sit there and. What, what I like to do is just kind of smell it a little bit and kind of get that floral bouquet and whatever you're kind of smelling. And people's senses are different. You yeah, know? that's the thing. Like, man. you could smell whatever you want to. Like, you mentioned flowers. I think on that's – I, I said – yeah, I said floral bouquet. Yeah. So that's the thing. I kind of feel like it's very intimidating because, like, you have to guess. Like, you see the smile, it's like, oh, it's got hints of leather and tennis balls and ooh, berries. Yeah. It's like, yeah. no. First like, of all, the Psalms have a different yeah. different. They went to level. school for this. Yeah, they have a different nose than we'll ever do. So just pick out the basic smells that you like. Like, you know, some of them are peach. Some of them are, cherry. you know, cherry. Some of them are tobacco. Like, if you like tobacco, you're going to smell tobacco right. in some of this. You know, you're and and that's that's part of that structure of the wine, the tightness of that wine. Um, you know, you're you're going to smell different things. Like one of the ones that some people smell in Napa a lot of is is like moist dirt. Okay. You ever get like a peat moss kind yeah, of smell? Yeah. Um, you know, wet hay, dirt kind of deal. All these things you're going to pick up on because that's what's in the ground. Uh, sometimes you're going to pick up like a chalky rock kind of deal. Cause, okay. Because a lot of the, you know, so so just imagine if you can, you know, like if you rub dirt on your hand and smell that and then. Gladiator. Yeah. Yeah. Smell that, you know, and kind of think about that. Yeah. You kind of. Okay. The wines, the wines, at the, smell the wines at the table. We got a couple of customers here. We're looking at the wine. We're yeah. Just kind of look at, kind of look at the lake. So, hit, so no. you're obviously going to, the guy that orders, it's going to be the taster. So, okay. you know, uh, that that's the guy that the Psalm's going to pour for. Okay. And then, you know, you let that guy, if he knows what he's talking about or at least has an idea of what he's looking for and what's going to go with it, you let him kind of taste. And then... Well, I'm pretending that we're those guys right now. Okay, so... This is this is, this is, a, this is, this is sales. Yeah. So this like is sales if I'm training. your guy. Okay. So if I'm your guy and I'm the taster and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for certain aspects of the wine and things that I looked at because I picked this bottle out and talked to the song about okay. it and I'm smelling it and I'm like, yeah, that smells good. It doesn't smell court. It doesn't smell, you know, uh, rotten. Vinegary, yeah. yeah, vinegary or anything like that. Okay. Taste it. Tastes good. Take a sip. Let that sit. And the one thing Judd always told me is don't let that first sip be be your only sip. Don't judge it on that first sip. That, that, hit the does something that first sip gets your palate washed. Okay. So now you have a wine palate. So if you went from scotch and or vodka or like a cocktail beforehand, wash it down and then swirl it around again and then take your second sip. And that's that's when you know if you like it or not. Mm-hmm. And then that's the one. And then I typically kind of hold it and let it fold over my tongue a little bit. Okay. And that's that's really it. And if you like it, just drink it. That's it. I mean, it's pretty good stuff. No, no, it's, it's, it's <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, you know, it it's pretty easy to know what's good and what's bad. And you know, the the, the one thing I'll give anybody is that some of the best wines I've had are sixty dollars a bottle. Yeah. You know, it's not. It's not didn't always they, the five hundred dollars. Didn't they do like one? Didn't they do like a blind taste? They did like several of these tests where they'll have yeah. like a, a, a seven to nine dollar bottle. Yeah, like a fifteen to thirty, and then like a sixty and plus. Yeah. So so where Napa got on the map, there's a great great movie about it. If you're really into it, and I don't know if anybody listening is going to be into it, but there's a movie called Bottle Shock. And it's 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 with yes. uh it's with Christopher Pine and he plays uh, uh a Barrett 
And those guys are the owners of Chateau Montalena, which is a Napa deal. So it's it's all based around the tasting of Paris in 1976. Okay. okay. And what they did, they had this guy from Paris uh, come come out, and he was tasting American wines. And he went around Napa. This is before they had tasting rooms in Napa. They were just before a bunch Napa of, was a wine. Before Napa was a Napa. Napa. Yeah. That, so what happened was all these people, you know, he he started doing this, and he collected a bunch of wines, and he was paying people because that's what they did in France. And they're like, I, you don't need to pay me, but they, he would do it anyway. So like, okay, whatever. And uh, so the, he picked out, I, I can't remember how many, but he picked out several wines, but two of them stood out. One was Stag's Leap, yep. apostrophe S. Okay. Um, there's two Stag's Leaps. There's Stag's, S-T-A-G-S, and then apostrophe. And then it's either before the S or after the S. The Stag's Leap before the S is one of them. And then the other one was Chateau Montalena, which was a Chardonnay. Okay. And then they blind tasted them with several of the tasters in like the up in, like the studs of French wine. Blind taste test, Chateau Montalena, Chardonnay won. And then the Stag's Leap uh, Cab won against Ooh. all these big hitters in France. And that put Napa on the map. That was a probably a Ever. bad year for France. Well, think about it. It happened in 1976. It was celebrating the 200 years, 1776, oh, 1976. Okay. It was, the, All right. it was the tasting in Paris. And uh, it's a great movie to watch. It kind of glosses over a lot of things, but it kind of gives you a history of Napa and what put Napa on the map. And they were just thought of as a bunch of farmers and didn't know what they were doing, which I love that they're farmers. Yeah, because cause we were talking about that before. I mean, were you, yeah. you pursued, I guess, your ag uh, – uh, uh, was it degree? Yeah, and uh, that's kind of what you enjoy. You know had, the, the fact that it's just really a good wine and yeah. a good farmer. Yeah, I I, I actually got a uh, scholarship. Uh, I was an FFA uh, yeah. in uh, in high school. Raised several animals. Did a lot of shows and uh, uh, wanted to go to school to be an ag extension agent. Okay, and work with the county and go go be the guy that ran the fair and uh, helped 4-H and all that. I just love the agriculture farming. So lifestyle. Be, so being around wine and, and being a uh, not a not connoisseur, but a yeah. someone with a serious wine hobby. Hobby. Thanks. Hobby. Um, what would be one of the most ridiculous stories you got when it comes to uh, I guess ordering a bottle or drinking a bottle or someone order you watching something? Man, so I I've got a couple of buddies that may or may not listen to this. Uh, that they just, probably do. This is round the road. A lot of people yes, listen to this. And and. They're going to listen to this one when they see it posted. And they're right. like, "What the hell is he talking about?" Kind of deal, and and probably come back and tell me where I was wrong several several ways over. Well, the but best part is though, no one's going to hear that you were wrong. No, no, no. They will. They're going to tell me that I'm wrong. But, I'm not worried about that. Uh, I I've, I've I've sat in some rooms with them where we've we've had some nights where I you know we get the bill and I'm just like, are we? you know, splitting this? Or, I, I got or, the salad. Like, yeah, like, you know, like, it's that Friends episode where the oh, three of them are poor yeah, and the, the other, other three one, are, yeah. like, renting, you know, buying everything. And, like, I'm not paying $23 for a salad and a, and a water. Yeah. and a water. Yeah, and so I'm sitting there like, I, I had a glass of that, man. That was – uh appreciate you doing that yeah. kind of deal. But, yeah, no, I mean, you know, we've had we've had some – one of the craziest nights that, that I've had <clears throat> was my buddy uh, – uh, up in Fort Worth, Ben Cater, I went to college with, and he's a fraternity brother of mine, and it was his 40th, and every he had 13 people bring a bottle apiece. Okay. Uh, or Sorry, two bottles apiece. And we went there, and it was a private dinner that his wife arranged to have cooked. And I remember looking at the lineup that night and thinking to myself, 
whatever I do from this moment forward, I'm never going to have a wine experience like this it's with this lineup. Okay. And I sat there and I was like, there was, we had some 78s, birthier wines for him that were like, you know, just incredible. And, you know, I, I brought a bottle I thought could compete. And unfortunately, when you get to those big dinners and you're tasting, and all the pours are really small yeah. pours because everybody's trying to taste some and you're doing 13 right. wines. And, uh, and it's all coursed out, so you're drinking it in order. So you, you know, it took a lot of lot of work on his wife's part, and I just sat there and I just remember the hangover the next day. I was like, man, uh, that was that was one for the ages, and that was a hangover that was worth it. that I'll remember for forever. Like it was it was a crazy crazy experience, and uh, one that taught me a lot because because you're sitting there with a bunch of wine heads and wine snobs that just kind of you know you continue to grow and yeah. Know, age your toolbox i guess you know put put more in your toolbox to talk about and that was a fun one that was one that i remember and it didn't cost me anything but two bottles so but, but that's that the thing about wine that was a nuts it, one wine's pretty intimidating too because it's like man i don't know this about this i don't know that but it's one of those things it's just like you just got to kind of enjoy it and learn mm-hmm. and learn a little bit about it yeah uh, you know and you know i'll go back to it you know wine encourages conversation you talk about the wine you know you can talk about Anything during oh, uh, like, well, my wife and I went to Fredericksburg with you know yeah. Cole and his wife. I mean that was and, yeah that was a great story yeah. you're telling me you know I mean you're talking about getting a place in Fredericksburg because you enjoyed the experience there. I would if things turn around. I would yeah <laughs> I would lo- I, I play the lottery every Tuesday and Friday. If I win the lottery, I'm buying a place in St. Yeah. Helena because I just like that lifestyle. It's 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 nice, right? You go out there. I used to live in France, dude. I get it. Yeah. 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 So, you know, you get up there, you have a little wine with lunch, you know, you, you have wine in the afternoon, you have a little wine with dinner, then maybe a little wine before you go to bed it's and kind of hang hobby. out. And, and yeah, it, it, it is smooth. And if it's if it's good wine, the hangovers. It's not it, there. It, it's not there. It's not as bad. And, uh, you know, and that has a lot to do with the sugar content that, you know, a good wine doesn't have to hide yeah. that bad fruit with sugar. sugar. So you're looking forward to, uh, so you, you're obviously going to still be pursuing wine in this, in the, in the new year and stuff yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. What else? What else? Let's, we, we had kind of a, we, we talked about something before we get on this. We can wrap it up with it, with this conversation in the new year, <clears throat> this year. We're, Especially this we're year. done. We're done with 2020. All right, we we get it. We're in this. We're we're, we're we're used to this. Climate is changing. We're used to this new climate. Yeah. Right. Even though the, the the frustrations that come with it, the the reports of this, the election, that whatever it is, and all that stuff. Storming of the Capitol. Storming of the Capitol. Yeah. Today. <laughs> yeah. It's so, going on right so, now. Sorry, I scheduled this during the it, it, annual it, it, storming it, it, of the Capitol. Yeah. I mean, I mean, who who, who knew? Right? I, I, so. I couldn't put. I couldn't push it. So thanks for coming in on the annual I, storming I, of uh, the yeah, U.S. Capitol. Yeah, yeah. You're welcome. So. So what do you what, what, what let's let's talk about that? We you said something. You said let's get uh, let's not get political. Wait, what let's is get it? apolitical in twenty twenty one. Not physical. Yeah, not physical. Let's get apolitical. I I I, uh, I like people. I don't I, yeah, I, do I don't like their politics. I don't have to like their politics, and I'm not a po- yeah political guy. Uh, you know, um, it's not going to run my life and, and it's not going to run my business. There's nothing I can do about it. I, I, it's, it's not going to sell me more baskets. It's not going to keep me from doing my job. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to be apolitical in 2021 and I'm just going to let people live. And if they want to express their opinions to me, by all means, I, I'm just going to choose not to engage in that conversation because I think it just leads down a road to where people either resent or, you know, worship 
you know, the, but that, you but, know, that's, but that's also something interesting too, that we've kind of been uh, talking about. I mean, I've, I've been focused on that on around the road. Yeah. It's, it's number one is like, first off, and this might sound bad, but I, I don't like, I don't watch the news. I don't trust the news right. or anything like that. And to the point where I even tell my daughter that, like, I don't, yeah. it's okay to get your own opinions. It's absolutely okay to get your own opinions. And I think if, 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 if you're watching the news or you're on that 5% of Twitter that worships Twitter right. and I'm, and I'm on Twitter. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I do not follow me on Twitter. I'm, I'm kind of one yeah. of those guys, you know, that. You get some, some good gems off of Twitter. Is, oh, you get it. Yeah. But you also get a lot of good information. And the thing that I like about Twitter a lot is your information comes very quickly. Yeah. Um, and uh, so so you're you're very up to date. But Twitter is a cesspool. You know, I think social media is is, is kind of a cesspool it sometimes. Is. You know, we, we get so caught up in it and like, oh, look at our lives. Why don't we just share pictures of your family and friends versus tell people about how you feel about x y and z or this political thing and that's the thing too it's like we've we're 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 coming into a situation where it's like it's 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 we feel like it should be normal to have an association on a political party or a belief or any of that but in reality it's like man we don't have to talk about it you're not you're not asking me if i'm a a lutheran episcopal or if i'm jewish or why aren't we bringing that up how come we're not why why are we just bringing up your political affiliation your parties you know sammy kershaw came out with a great song back in like the 90s and the hook on that song i'll come back to music right uh the, the the hook on that song was uh he said something. Let's talk about baseball. Let's talk about this. It's like we talk about anything except politics, religion, and her. You know, he's going oh, through yeah. a breakup. Yeah, and I mean that's a pretty good, pretty good like line to keep. You know, like if if you can be in a social environment and not bring up politics, I think you're one of the few today that can do it. You know? Let me ask you a question: How often would you bring up politics and walk away feeling more charged up, more connected with someone? Less stress, less anxiety. No, chances are, a lot of those political conversations. I feel are, more anxious. Even if even if you're talking to someone that agrees with you yeah. politically or viewpoint, yeah. you're still kind of like, oh, well, you start talking negatively negatively about the other people, the yeah. other team. When yeah. in reality, we're we're all Americans. Right, right. And, and there's more connectedness than not. than isn't. And and you know what 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 happens is we all go in these corners, right? And we just we just stick to these guns because that's that's what these people on the news and on Twitter yeah. are are forcing us to do, right? Yeah. They're trying to get us to to hate each other. And when you when you take all that shit down, and when you pull the curtain back and like you really just stand up there on stage with Joe, you realize you got like ninety five, ninety six, ninety seven percent of the same ideas yeah. and hopes with each other. And so let's let's just kind of. Be apolitical and focus on that ninety-seven and not that three percent that really pisses each other off, right? Like, you know, I mean, I, I, I grew up in a in a, you know, my mother was a Democrat, yeah. my dad was a Republican. Um, I kind of grew up in a balanced household. I'm a Republican. Um, I, I have no problem saying that. Um, not to be a political guy, but I am. But I don't hate Democrats. I don't. No. You know, I, I don't have. You know, that's that's just kind of a. Uh, a shitty way to live sometimes, I guess. And, uh, you know, I, I don't want to be in that space in 2021. That, that was my new year's resolution. I'm not going to dislike the other side. I think as, as much as I was told to dislike the other side in the last. And I, and I think at the end of the day, no matter what happens, you know what I mean? Um, you know, whether, whether the, you know, whether Washington DC or the politics Mm -hmm. of the news tells us a thing, I was like, at the end of the day, 
we're still responsible for how we treat and how we respond to others and how we respond to other people's choices. Yes. That being said, you're right. If there's 97% of other shit to talk about besides the besides election, the, the news, the yes. face masks, no face with Chick-fil-A, uh, yeah. anything like that, then that's fine. Then exactly. talk about those 97 like, Let's kind of relax. Let's kind of give each other a break from all this political bullshit. Yes. Yes, and let's just relax a little bit. Let's re- there's there's too much going on right now that could really affect you physically and mentally. Yeah, without having to add a p- political divider. Yeah, it, right. Um, you know, I just I just feel that we're we're better off as a people and and yeah, as friends, not getting into that. And, and the things that we, we have, you're right. We there's more in common than I, Way but, more but, common. but the news will focus on these hardcore these little things. These hardcore, you know, this these these you know these the hardcore you know yep. left wing people yep. that are set up their own shop yep. in in Portland versus these you know hardcore you know right Republicans are yeah. storming the Capitol. It's like, yeah. as far as I know, we're sitting here having a podcast. We're not doing anything. Hanging like out, that. drinking some good wine, shooting we, the shit, which is probably 99 percent of America, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. What I see, yeah. You know, people always refer to appeasing this, this, these folks on Twitter and social media. I got off Facebook in 2016 just because I couldn't take yeah. it. I had I had both sides coming at me on 2016. I just shut that thing down. Yeah. And I was like, let me go to Instagram and I see pictures of my friends' kids, dogs, and, uh, you know, golf memes and things like some that. Lake trips. Yeah. 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 Some cool. Yeah. I'm with you, baby. Yeah. You know, and like you know, do that. that. That's a lot less stressful than having this inundated in my life. And then I, I, I'm a, I, you know, me personally, I'm, I'm probably too involved on Twitter than I am, but I've, I've decided in 2021, I'm going to kind of take a step back from being that, that asshole that has to get in people's face and argue about politics. I just, have you ever won an argument on, to, on a social media platform with a stranger? When you're arguing opposing points, no, because those strangers <laughs> have way more time to fuck to, to mess with it than I do. Exactly, <laughs> so that's, that's the thing. I'll though. fire off one, and then I'll come back, and I have like 20 responses. I'm like, man, and it's usually 20 from the same guy. And I'm like, dude, I sorry, I was. But if you really think about it, man, you're not going to change somebody who's living in you know their their their, no. their grandmother's basement. No, you know, they are Boise, set Idaho. Their ways. Yes, and they're there to argue. Ways. Yeah, they're they're they are there to argue, and that's what they. I, I, I work, you know. So, man, I've 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 done. I'm kind of the same way, man. I think I think my uh, my uh, what I'm trying to focus on this year is actually being active on changing the conversation yeah. if it does get brought up. You know what I mean? Because you know you have that light, good conversation. You're catching up with good friends, all stuff. It only takes one thing, and suddenly it, there's right? a lull. Yeah. The next thing you know, it's like, what do you think about this COVID? Stance, it's like, oh shit, here we go again, man. I think and then you COVID is horrible. Yeah, you know, I, I think yeah, COVID I is horrible. I, I hate it. I, I hate, hate what it. it's done to our economy. Yeah. That's my stance. That's on my COVID. stance on it. <laughs> you know, I don't want it. I don't uh, like it, but it's here. Yeah, I don't like it. I'm trying to manage it and and you know negate the the effects of it as best. So that's kind of that's I compl- man, I like that. Be a be a political. Yeah. And actually, and physical, and physical, and physical. Yeah. I mean, people need to get out of the house and you need to start get meeting people, working out. Go, yeah. go walk, walk thirty minutes a day. Just you tag know. up with people, tag up with friends, and yeah. uh, do something. But, instead uh, of instead of fighting with somebody on social media, go put the phone down and go take a walk with the dog. Or it's just standing in front, or just turning on social media. So I mean, I told my daughter. Yeah. I mean, we. Uh, she's like, Daddy, I had to fight my friend at school. They voted for this person. I'm like, Ellen, you didn't vote. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I was like, and I'll tell you one thing. I voted for that person your school vote. She's like, oh, you what? I'm like, yeah, honey. I was like, and, and the thing is, I always said, let me explain something, Evelyn. It's like having like uh, a disagreement on yeah. on a color. You know, yeah. your favorite color might be green, mine might be blue. We don't have to 
not be friends anymore. Let's just talk about other stuff. Exactly. And, and you know, that, that touches on one thing that I, I'd leave it at this. I, I, I've had some friends that whose parents, whose kids were affected by things they heard about the election and what it's going to do to their parents' jobs. Leave kids out of this. You know, like, like let's just kind of, you know, kids have enough to worry about right now. You know, they shouldn't have to have to deal with the stuff that mom and dad face and all that. Like they're, they're having to wear masks to school. You know, they're, you know, let, let's not politicize kids and, and, and you know, let's just kind of be cool. And, and not only that, I know, I know some people whose kids are getting up at 3am, you know, young kids yeah. wash their hands because they're having anxiety. Yeah, so anxiety. I, would, I would advise people, I would advise people to start kind of unplugging from the news. And yes. honestly, don't have the news on in the background when your yeah. kids are there. Turn it off. My sister is is very good, and you actually know yeah, my sister sure. Michelle. Uh, uh, she's really good at 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 breaking down what the kids need to know and what they don't need to know, and you know, being honest with them. Be honest with them because they're going to hear it. Yeah, but let them know the truth as to what they they heard. I've told Evelyn that we don't watch the news because the news invokes fear. Yes. You know, I could tell you to wash your hands yeah. to not be sick and yeah. not spread germs, or right. I could tell you to wash your hands, otherwise you're going to kill everyone in our family, then you're going right. to die, the whole house is going to burn down, your kitty cats are going to die. Right. right, terrify them. I'm yeah. like, I'm like Evelyn, which one would you rather hear? Yeah, which she's like, rather eh, I like the first one, Daddy. I'm like, Kinda yeah. like your approach. Yeah, yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, Evelyn, the yeah. news makes it the second way. So I'm like, that's why we don't right. do it. But anyway, right. enough of the soapbox. Kelsey, yeah. do you have anything else you want to bring up while we're here? Man, just thanks again for uh, letting me kind of come out and uh, kind of tell a little bit about me and talk about it. And Well, I enjoyed uh, it. Enjoyed the conversation, man. Uh, the, the conversation's better than the wine, so was, I appreciate oh, I, that. I don't know. It's a nice 2013 yeah. and 2010 uh, right there. You yeah. taste the tannins. Uh, but uh, it's good man, catching I appreciate up. It. And everyone, this is, uh, this is Kelsey Dean, the, uh, the corporate sales uh uh, with a Tiger Offshore, and again, I, I'm glad you came on, man. Thank you for coming on. I love to see what Tiger's done, how y'all pivoted and positioned, and I love your message about kind of just start being kind, start not giving a shit just about cool. if, if someone wants to, you know, have you know cereal for dinner. Who gives a shit? Let them. Let them. So it's 2021, man. It's a new year. Be, so. a, be apolitical <laughs> be and get physical. Get physical. All right, buddy. Well, I appreciate that. Anyone, you can find uh, Kelsey Dean on uh, on LinkedIn, and uh, you can find Tiger Offshore as well, and uh, Tiger Rentals. Tiger Rentals. Tiger Rentals, at, at rentals actually. And uh, again, man, I appreciate you to find uh, Around the Rotary on uh, on Instagram, YouTube. Uh, and uh, thanks for everyone for tuning in. We appreciate uh, you listening. We hope you enjoyed it, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Kelsey. Cheers, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Hold on, let's get that sound effect. Yep. There you go.